Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, and a cast of thousands, including Cam Moon, Reed Wilkins, and Jack Michaels, all with you. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. A reminder to keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino, June 8th. Burton Cummings, the River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement, bet on it. And open 24-7-365. Oh, it's the segment you're all waiting for with breathless anticipation with five guys who have absolutely stunk in their playoff prediction so far. It's time. We got uh, Cam Moon and Reed Wilkins in studio. Hello, Reed. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Let me turn that Good, Bob. On. How are you? There we go. Yes. I, I don't, first of all, just to clarify, I have not stunk. There's no way that my picks have stunk, especially the last two rounds. Just no. to clarify that. What, do we have updated totals? I, I know mine. Yeah, I can do this on the fly here. So, Bob, you are now uh, 7 of 14 after rightly picking Florida yeah. and wrongly picking Dallas. And that's not stinking. Like, 500 is not good, but you haven't, like, 4 correct would be stinking. I'm sorry. 7, seven is For me, like 7 okay. out of 14 is The stinks not... over here. Like, well, I can... <laughs> Moon, what are you, 5 of 9? Yeah, I think I'm 5. Yeah, you're 5 of 14. I am, uh, boy, I won't even count mine because I didn't do the first round. Uh, Jack uh, puts him at... At six of fourteen, and uh, Reed, you have jumped up to first with eight. Oh, whoa! whoa. Can I what? say, gentlemen? I mean, yeah. well, why, don't, why don't we bring aboard Jack Michaels at this time? Jack, how you doing? Well, other than getting both conference finals uh, wrong and losing my lead, uh, I'm doing great. I'm going to do I'm the prices right. Ran category. I'm going to do the prices right on you, Jack. Because I'm one ahead of you at this time, so whoever you're taking, I'm just going to take. That way I can say I finished ahead of you this year. How's that? Yeah, there you go. There you go. That, and and uh, rest comfort in the knowledge that you'll be wrong, like eight of my 14 picks have been. So, it ha- Jack, it has. You. This is, this this is crazy maybe year. the most year. useless segment for anyone out there who has money to burn. Uh, this this is not a segment you want to pay a great deal of attention to. If you want to take reads, whatever that is, 57%, I guess you could. Why do you think it's been is, – is this mostly Florida? Like when you look at Florida beating first Boston, then Toronto, then Carolina, beating, uh, you know, basically three of the top five teams in the entire league – and the two best defensive teams in the league with a team that finished behind Calgary, who missed the playoffs in the overall standings, and behind Edmonton in goals against. How much of this is the Florida Panthers, Jack? I, I actually don't think it's it's that much of Florida. I, I, I was never buying what Toronto was selling. I certainly was surprised Florida beat Boston. I was not surprised they beat Toronto. Uh, and, you know, you just... I, I mean, I think Rod Brindamore... Believe it or not, I understood what he was trying to say. I mean, he took a lot of shots for saying, well, you got swept, and that's not really what happened. But I understand what he's trying to say. I mean, you know, Carolina played on the margins all year long, and they kind of ran out of luck when they ran into a goaltender who has 
completely justified a $70 million contract in six weeks. I mean, six weeks ago, we would have said, "Are you? that has to be one of the all-time worst contracts in the history of the game. And, and he's resuscitated it. So for me, Bob, it's just across the board surprising. You know, everything we think – you know, every even game by game, all right, Seattle blew it in game six. They're not going to be able to polish off Colorado. You know, I mean, those kind of things. The subtle, you know, game within a game, you know, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing how there hasn't been any momentum and there hasn't been anything, you know, all right, Colorado and Boston's out of the way. Edmonton's got to be the favorite. They're gone. You know, I mean, it's just. It's one of those playoffs where, for me, I've basically been wrong at every turn, not only series by series, but game by game. Mooner? Yeah, I mean, once you take Boston out of the mix, having as dominant a regular season as they did, it did seem like it was wide open. It also speaks to the fact that they're from top to bottom, there wasn't a lot of difference. Like, they're... Whether it comes down to a goaltender getting hot, maybe a little bit of luck, or a a line finding some chemistry at the right time, the difference between winning and losing is incredibly tight margins. And I think that's what has led to the uh, almost the randomness to it in this year's playoffs. Reed. Yeah, I don't think it's just Florida that uh, I mean, it's hard to pick, right? I mean, that's there. Like Mooter said, there there's such a small margin between the. Well, I guess in this case, the number one team in Florida was 17th. That anybody can beat anybody. A hot goaltender, one bad game or two in a series, which the Oilers had against Vegas, might wind up costing you the whole series in the end. Uh, a hot power play, one bad night on the penalty kill, anything like that can can change a series and be the difference. So I, I think we've seen now for several years there isn't really an upset. It's just so close. If if you get you know like we always say, just make the tournament and then see how far you can go. So Florida Boston wasn't an upset. Sure, it was an upset, but again, I I picked the Panthers, and I wasn't. I honestly thought they would win the series, Bob. I was not doing that just to be cheeky. I honestly thought they would Good win the you. series. So, yes, it's it's an upset when you look at at the standings. But I think in hockey, an eight over a one is uh, it's like the smallest variance in any of the four major sports. You know, like the, the bottom seed against the top. I think you can boil it down as simple as this. It's just compete is is winning out over skill offensively at this point. And so, uh, you know, that's why we see Edmonton having bowed out. A team like Toronto with all its upper-end skill that none of it showed up at the big dance. And you've got a team uh, like Vegas who's essentially, I mean, they've got some jobbers there. I guess they have some guys like Eichel and Marcia So stepping up offensively too. But they've got such a well-rounded team. And to me, it's the teams that are willing to grind you down four lines, wave after wave after wave, that have been able to win out in what have been slim margins here in these playoffs. Well, the margins are slim, and I would argue Edmonton lost in the margins to Vegas, and now I'm going to say something, and some might say it's a total excuse, and others might say you're on to something. I think the fact that we've gone through the pandemic and then the players getting sickly escrow, and it's only $85 million more that they need to pay off, so they'll get that done next year. I think that has actually tighten the league as a result because there's teams that had planning based upon like Ken Holland's come in here and I think he's maybe had $2 million increase over the four years on the cap 
and that's limited what the Oilers can do. Toronto has been in a similar situation where they planned out and mapped out a plan and they got altered. And as a result, I think that that's kind of even tightened it even more. What do you think, Jack? Am I completely out to lunch or is there maybe some merit to that? Well, I mean, I think Edmonton and Toronto going into the pandemic, you know, certainly we know what Ken Holland inherited. I mean, there was he was he was going to have to dig and dig and dig, you know, to create cap room as soon as he got here. I mean, I I, I think I think there would have been an issue for Edmonton and Toronto regardless, even if the cap had gone up three four million a year. I mean, they were they were teams that weren't necessarily you know, that well positioned barring a major injury to one of their top players where they could parachute in. And and that's kind of a little bit what happened in, in Colorado and Tampa is some of the same issues, you know, were, were had by those two clubs, but they, you know, I'm I'm not going to ever say that, you know, losing one of the league's best players is fortunate, but they were able to end up, you know, playing the playoffs, you know, a, a healthy, you know, dose over the cap because of, of the way the rules work. So, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to excuse anything here or there for Edmonton and Toronto in particular. I think, you know, Edmonton more so than Toronto because Edmonton's won three rounds the last two years. I think Edmonton, Toronto has not really, you know, gotten to the, the point where, you know, Ken Holland describes where you've had a, a number of kicks in the can. I mean, I, I just don't feel like the Leafs are in the same spot as the Oilers. Edmonton has still been able to kick the can down the road even though they haven't won the championship yet. I, 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 I So I, I'm not sure. In other words, Bob, what I would say is it's possible, but not necessarily likely that even if you had three or four million, the results are different. I still think Edmonton, oh. in all likelihood, was going to need four or five chances before they well, won the Stanley Cup. I, I agree on that, but here's what I'd say. If there was a $3 million bump each of the last four years, the Toronto Maple Leafs would still have Zach Hyman. And I think they would be a different team as a result. I mean, I, the Oilers are lucky. I mean, Hyman was offered more money by Columbus. Not sure on Calgary, but I know Calgary was pretty devastated not to get him. They ended up signing Blake Coleman for $600,000 less, and I think we've seen the difference between those two players. So... Uh, it is interesting, but I just I think you know what when you've got a cap that has got uh, it hasn't gone up and has limited the moves that some organizations could make. I think it's brought now there is another stat that I'd like to and that's goals for. Okay, so Colorado led the league in goals for in 2021, won the Stanley Cup in 22. Florida led the league in goals for last year. They're in the Stanley Cup final. Edmonton led the league in goals for this year. Reed. Should that bode well for Edmonton well, next season? Well, I, 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 I think the I think the <laughs> fact that they score that much bodes well, <laughs> regardless of what what year is it. So I I want to make sure I'm I'm correctly interpreting what you're suggesting is that you're saying all the pieces are there except for the goals against, which well, they, they got to work Bay, on. Even Tampa Bay led the league in goal scoring a couple times. Right, and that's the thing. The as, much as, we, as much as we talk about defending better and defense wins championships, well, usually teams that can score 
win the championship too. You need to do both. And, and the Oilers have been uh, mediocre the last two years uh, defensively. And again, not just the defense, it's team defending, forwards, defensemen, and goaltending. So yeah, I, I, I don't worry about the Oilers scoring enough. It would not surprise me if they lead the league in goals for again next year, especially if the power play is anywhere near as competent as it was, not competent, spectacular as it was this year. That's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If if they're able to, to knock down the goals against, again, team defense style, not just D, not just goalies, all of them, that's going to make a significant difference. And I think we saw that in the playoffs as well. It's one seventeen in Edmonton. When we come back, uh, Brendan Escott, along with Reed Wilkins and Cam Moon and Jack Michaels, will uh, they'll have their esteemed Stanley Cup final picks and why they're going the route they're going. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, along with Reed Wilkins, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, Brendan Escott, Oilers now, where guests receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Timonyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca with a brand new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. All right, uh, let's get to it. It's the Stanley Cup final, and dropping the puck in this round will be Brendan Escott. Okay, well, we got to consider that the Florida Panthers were steamrolling teams and then ran into just about the worst thing that could have happened, which was, what, 10 consecutive days off? Is that right? 10 days off between games for them, between their... Yeah. So here's the thing is, did they just peak too early? Now, there's definitely a case to be made for the fact that Sergei Bobrovsky is going to benefit from all that rest. But I think that you've got to keep the RPMs going at a certain level at this time. I'm very curious to see the job that Paul Maurice was able to do. Uh, You know, Vegas to me is the favorite coming into this series because of their depth, because of the waves that I mentioned before. They're just kind of unrelenting and it seems like this could be a year for them with guys like Pietrangelo. Uh, Alec Martinez isn't getting any younger in the back end, right? Like this this is their year. This is their push and they've been pretty good. It, to the tune of a 937 save percentage for their goaltender, Aiden Hill. That's better than what Bobrovsky's done, despite that 11-2 and record on the other side. So uh, that's what I would say about it. I, I'm very curious how that time off for Florida. Is so how many games for Vegas? I will call Vegas, and I'm going to call it, boy, I'm going to call it five games, Bob. Okay. Jack Michaels. Uh, It's hard to disagree with anything Brendan said, and I've been guilty of of picking against Vegas. Uh, Really, you know, I I thought they'd get past Winnipeg. I I didn't disrespect him to that point, but uh, I'm I'm not going to disrespect him again in this series. I don't think the layoffs is much of a factor for Florida, but the the most salient of Brendan's points is the fact they, you know, at least appear to have a guy who can offset uh, up you know, other than Matthew Kachuk, Florida's biggest strength, which is Sergei Bobrovsky, who's who's gone on a tear, and and ultimately, I mean, you need a guy to deliver you a nine fifteen to get anywhere in the playoffs, and and these two guys have been the class of the league, and they're it's not surprising they're in the Stanley Cup final. I think Vegas has the best third pair in the entire league, and I think there's an argument to be made they've got the best fourth line in the entire league. I don't always think. Uh, the depth necessarily rules the day, but Vegas has six really solid defensemen. Uh, that combined with eight nil, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights uh, to win this series in five games. Reed Wilkins, Kachuk, Bobrovsky, Montour, Gudis, Bennett, Reinhardt—they're all playing the best they've ever played. 
I've picked them in seven, three consecutive rounds. There is no way I'm going against them now. Panthers in seven. There we go. Well, he's sticking to his guns over there. Mooner? <laughs> I, much like uh, Jack and Brendan were saying, I, I really like the, the D, the entire D core of the Vegas Golden Knights. I think the, that that is going to be a key of the series. That fourth line has, not only is it chipped in offensively, but it pounds the opposition. They are a really heavy, tough line to play against. And their top line has been exceptional. And you need that. And they have been. Aiden Hill has played very well. I've got Vegas in six. You know, one of the things that Florida has done is they've been the more physical of the team, even against Boston, as that series wore on. They got in the kitchen of some of Boston's players. Gudis on the third pairing. Second pairing, Mark Stahl. They're in the Stanley Cup final with Mark Stahl in the second pairing. That one, obviously, the, the Kachuk-Bennett uh, line runs around. They run around. But the team they're playing is every bit as big and every bit as tough, if not tougher than them. Okay? Uh, I think this. I don't think this series is going to be close. I think Vegas is going to win the series in five games. I think they're going to physically kick the, you know what, out of uh, Florida. Uh, they're going to have no problem pushing back on Matthew Kachuk. I think Matthew Kachuk, I think we all saw firsthand last year when Edmonton had a player that was in the top six that was capable of physically matching up against Matthew Kachuk. What happened to Matthew Kachuk as that series went on? It wasn't all Jacob Markstrom. That top line disappeared. And I just, and here's the question I'm going to have for you, Jack. Does it change anything at all? If the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in five games, does it change anything at all in the perception of what happened with Edmonton losing in six when the series was tied 2-2? Give me your thoughts. Well, here's here's what I'd say. I mean, num- number one, I think it bodes well, you know, you're talking about Edmonton. So let me give you an Edmonton-centric answer. I think it bodes well for the Oilers that they'll have lost to the last two Stanley Cup champions, uh, the eventual champions, after this series. Uh, secondly, I, I think, you know, that, that Edmonton, you know, the key moment for Edmonton was late in the second period of, of game five. I mean, they had that game under control. And ultimately, when you win or lose a close series, it's boiled down to a few moments. And the Oilers will be thinking about those throughout the offseason. I, I, I'm not sure Matthew Kachuk, that was a different time and circumstance because of what you just mentioned, Bob, Sam Bennett. Calgary had a top line. Johnny Gaudreau was going to go away against the Oilers if Matthew Kachuk went away. And, and really, Lindholm was the only guy left standing. I, Kachuk has a lot more support. I don't necessarily think Vegas is going to win the series because they run Matthew Kachuk out of the out of the series. I don't think that's going to happen, not with the team that Florida has, as compared to that Calgary team where Edmonton did have a physical and a mental edge. Uh, the mental edge was in goal where I don't think Jacob Markstrom believed he could beat Edmonton, and I believe that's a feeling that pervades to this day. Uh, I, I, I respect Vegas and, and perception of Edmonton, uh, I think doesn't necessarily change. I don't think anyone thinks Edmonton lost to, uh, you know, a poorly coached and a poorly built team. I think Vegas is built to win right now. 
They don't really have any young players that are making significant contributions. And what I mean by young players is guys with two or less years' experience. I mean, even guys like White Cloud and Haig in their third pair have been with a club for three and four years as regular contributors. It's a club tailor-made for Bruce Cassidy to coach, and it's a team that there's no shame in losing to. And I think Ken Holland's comments post-series were reflective of that. We had our shot, meaning Edmonton. They beat us by two points in the regular season, and they won those crucial moments when the series was tied at two games apiece. Jack, great stuff. Uh, We're going to bust you loose. Thanks a lot. We'll hook up down the road. Look forward to it. Reed, thanks for swimming, uh, swinging by. Good seeing you, Bob. Good seeing you. Cam's going to stay with us during yep. the John Shannon sh- segment. Uh, Brendan Escott as well. It's 128 Edmonton. We'll head off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.